So with all that said, for everyone that's listening and, you know, has been you know, enjoying the story, what, what, what would you say to them? What the best piece of advice that you can give them? You could just say it in one sentence. If you could sum up all that you've learned in 23 years and becoming an accountant, passing CPA, going to a new country, uh, learning English, you know, starting uh, new ventures, investing in properties, what would you, what would you, what would you say to those? So you have people that are younger than you, you know, that can probably learn a lot. And I'm sure there's even older people that can definitely learn from what you've experienced so far. So if you can sum it up in one, even a word or a sentence, however you like, what would that be? Uh, I would say find your goal and find what is it that you really like doing. Um, some people call it passion. So you find whatever you're passionate about and, uh, just work towards that goal and break it down into pieces that you can actually work, you know, one step at a time so that you don't feel over, overwhelmed because I feel like that's what stops people a lot of times. They just think about, you know, all the things that they need to do and they don't get to it because they think it's too much or that they just can't do it. But when you break it down, you know, you're able to take you know, small steps and that's how you get places. Do you know what your passion is? Uh, yes. So I have been, you know, in the search for it lately. And I figured that is merging business, which, you know, all about business um, with helping. So that's what um, this organization that I'm working on, that's what is, is becoming, you know. Um, so we're you know, just trying to finalize that and mm. okay. bring it into life. All right, cool. So as to the, the, last, the last two questions, um, the first one, I'm going to start with the first one. So what is something, what is most, one of the most difficult things that you've had to overcome and, um, and what is your legacy that you want to leave? Uh, most difficult thing, definitely moving to the U S especially <laughs> without my parents and, uh, yeah. um, not only the language, but you know, the cultural shock was, <laughs> was huge. Um, and legacy, I just want to be known for being a go-getter and mm. making sure that you know what whatever it is that i wanted to do i was able to to at least try it you know because you know it's not honest to say that i sit in everything that i've tried because even with the cpa i failed a test and i had to retake it so <laughs> <laughs> definitely you know trial and error but at least trying it i feel like that's the biggest part um and that's what you know i want to be known for um that whatever i decided to take on that i was always at least, you know, um, courage enough to take it, uh, first try at it and see where it took me from there. And I honestly, I think that's, that's, that's really the, everyone, I feel like a lot of people want like some magic, um, magic advice, but, but it's no, there's no magic to it. It's just really right mindset action and some passion, maybe some excitement and doing it over, over and over again, failing and, and starting again. Yep. Well, Ronald, thanks for, ha- for being on the show. And um, it was great. Again, well, Gary, you listen to your story. And um, hopefully when you, um, you know, become millionaire status, we'll have another episode on happy on the show. Right, thank you for having me. Have a good one. <laughs> you too, man. Hey, guys, welcome to the second episode again of, of Against All Odds. I'm Luis, the host, and this is Bernardo Mendoza. Bernardo and I have known each other for a few years. We met at Diaz Foods when we were working in accounts receivable a few years back. Um, Bernardo is a staff accountant at EY, Ernst & Young, a CPA, well, just, just passed a CPA, now just waiting on the license. He's a master's 
in accounting and also a homeowner in the U.S. and has two, two, two real estate properties in Colombia, all by the age of 23, before the age of 23. So he's accomplished much in such a short time. And that's why, partly why he's on and another part is because he he's awesome. And, um, but, yeah, but I want to know, you know, Bernardo's from Colombia and um, we want to take it back to where it all started. So can you tell me about, you know, how, where this all began? Like how you became so, how you got to the States and you seem to accomplish so much and just been focused and you're still doing a lot, a lot of things you have, an organization you started a year ago called Arena Latina. Mm-hmm. And um, from what I understand, you're going to have an event in, in Colombia in a few, there's a few, in a week or so, something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, first I'll probably start, you know, in Colombia. Uh, I moved to the U.S. six years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up in Colombia, my parents uh, were always very like entrepreneur. Um, so they had a rental property so we had like our house and there was like a couple of um, apartments and commercial property that we rented out and uh so since i was little i always saw them you know like collecting payments and uh, looking for tenants and just the whole management process mm-hmm. and um, i've always been good at math so that was always something that i kept like in the back of my head like i like business i like money and i like just being involved with like people and doing deals and things like that um so when I graduated school back in Colombia, that was in 2012. Um, about a year before that, my parents told us that um, we have been uh, approved the residence car. Uh, one of my uncles, he has been living in the U.S. for over 25 years now. Mm-hmm. And he basically requested my dad's side of the family to come live here. Um, so that process took over 10 years. I didn't even know about it until like 2011 when we found out that it was approved. <laughs> 10 years um mm. and it was right at that point you know when you're like deciding what college you want to go to like what career you're going to pick so it all became kind of like a huge mess or like uncertain time in my life um can you tell me how how, how, did that, how old were you at that time um so i was 15 years old at the time so 15 uh, with all that pressure how, how did was that difficult how did, how did you deal with that and what how did you um, feel about that yeah, so like when we found out I was 15, um, that was uh, 2011, because I graduated in 2012, and normally you graduate at 16 years old in Colombia. Um, just finding out it was a big shock, but at the same time, um, my, my dad always told us, you know, like, it's how you look at things. Um, and I always try to think about, you know, the positive side. I was like, yeah, I'm leaving my friends. I'm leaving, you know, my mom's side of the family, mm. still all in Colombia. Um, but I thought about, you know, like the opportunities that I was going to have here. And not only that, but I was back in those days, I was like the tech savvy in my family. So I ended <laughs> up actually filling out all the applications for the rest of my family members. So not only like my parents, but, you know, like uncles, cousins, you know, all of them. Um, so that was a big learning process because, you know, I, I studied English for like a year before mm-hmm. we came to the U.S. But all these applications, you know, were in English and most of the the language, you know, is sometimes advanced. You know, they're asking you questions like about your background and things that I have not seen before. It sounds like Um, a lot for a a 15, 16 year old to do. (laughs) Yeah, but that's what you get when you're sitting on the computer a lot. So they assume you know everything. So there I was (laughs) trying to help my family figure this out. Um, Yeah, after that, uh, there was a kind of like a difficult time because I got... um, 
dengue, which is the one of the um, the mosquito. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got that in 2013. It was around the time that we were moving to the U.S. Gotcha. And you know, I was in the hospital for three or four weeks. You know, like I, I, it was, it was bad. I mean, I was, it was like a life there, but it was bad. Um, four weeks, three to four weeks in the hospital. Yeah, it was three or four weeks, and even after that, um, they said that the fever was so high that um, I couldn't like it messed up with my sleep pattern. So like I couldn't mm. go to sleep, uh, um, and I didn't want to take medication because I didn't want to get you know dependent on it. Yeah. So, um like we researched more like natural um options and we found some stuff that you know helped me at the beginning and then um talk talking to people was kind of like what helped me get through that because mm-hmm. uh, even when we moved to the u.s in july 2013 i was still kind of like you know on that not sleeping pattern and i can tell you after a week of not sleeping <laughs> you think you're going crazy like i literally thought like yeah i'm crazy you know like a normal person should be able to just go to sleep i'm not sleeping yeah um and it was definitely affecting you know other parts of my life too so you said so so you got dengue you were in colombia but then you then you moved to the states and yep. then um were you how you just was it just you or how did what how, how can you explain that how did you know where'd you go uh yeah so at that time my family we came all together so my parents and my siblings mm. um and we stayed with my aunt but my parents they had you know somewhat decent jobs in colombia so they decided to go back mm. and um they gave us the option you know uh, to come try it out see if we like it and then you know it was up to us if we wanted to stay or go back to colombia um so i came and i stayed with my sister everybody else went back to colombia we stayed with my aunt and my uncle mm-hmm. at their house and you know they they were really another big part of the support network that we had when we first moved mm-hmm. um and then after that it was just a, a a race against time because you know um always being kind of like driven with, with my goals mm-hmm. um i kept comparing myself to like my my friends from high school in colombia you know, we graduated in 2012 and it was like 20, at this point it was like 2014. Most of them were already like halfway through their college careers. And mm. I was here, you know, <laughs> about to start high school, you know, because I had to go back to my senior year. Cause, you had to go back? Yeah. So in Colombia, it's only until 11th grade. And then, you know, here's 12th grade. So I had to like go back and do one more year. Um, yeah. But then also that was good because it made me um, eligible for in-state tuition. So that was another big <laughs> plus. So it was a good, you know a good trade-off i could say um yeah for and sure <laughs> definitely that time in high school also helped me you know improve my english like i knew basics uh like i knew how to read pretty well but the conversation part was you know the hardest one because mm-hmm. it was basically all theory from you know the the public school that i went to in oh. Colombia. and what was it like there uh, the first few weeks few months like you know how how were you you know how were you feeling how were you be happy, be sad. Did you, your parents went back, right? So you were basically yeah, so, in a new country, didn't know English that well. Uh, you have your uncle, aunt, but uh, did you know, even know them like that well? Or you just kind of knew them from um, stories or what, you know, you just knew yeah, their so family? At least from like my uncle's point of view. Um, so they have been uh, to Colombia a couple of times mm. since they moved. So they also live here like over 25 years now. Uh, so I have seen them a couple of times, but it wasn't like, you know, I was close to them or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were pretty, you know, welcoming and, you know, open to helping us with like, not only like school stuff, but anything that we needed. My sister and I, they were always, they became basically our parents here, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, school was hard. Like I said, I was still getting through the dengue stuff, you know, like sleeping problems and, you know, just in general, kind of like adjusting to the new environment. And then on top of that, the language, you know, like the first couple of weeks, like I had no clue what <laughs> they were telling me at school. Um, mm-hmm. I remember my uh, U.S. history professor, she used to be like, like, so, you know, we're going to do this, this and that. And I would just be like, yeah, mm-hmm, okay. And then I would ask my friend, like I got really close to a friend from um, Honduras. She had been here for like a couple of months, so she understood a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I would ask her like, hey, what are we supposed to do like in a Spanish show that I could do, you know? Um, But even then, the professors were really supportive. And uh, my senior year was interesting. I had a lot of like required classes to, you know, graduate. Mm -hmm. You know, the the curriculum is not the same as in Colombia. So it was like U.S. government, American literature, um, a lot of those classes that you don't want to take your senior year. Right. but it, it was definitely good to get my English at a better level to prepare me for college. So that was, that was the plus. Okay. So, so, ba- so, so basically you, you, you had to learn English really, really fast. And yeah. Um, yeah. So like I took my basis that I had in Colombia and I had a great ESOL teacher. She mm. was, um, she would really like push me hard. And, you know, at times she was like, man, I don't want to do this homework. I don't want to read this book, but right. it was, it was kind of like what got me through those first couple of months. And Mm -hmm. she was also very like direct when it came to helping me through my college search and, you know, picking a career. Um, So I owe a lot of what I have done so far to her. Uh, And we're still in touch, which is, you know, one of the great things that even though it was like my only year in high school, like we got so close that, you know, we're still friends on Facebook and sometimes we get coffee together and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's always good to, you know, be able to show them how grateful you are for what they have done. So being so, so being in the in the the U.S. Um, did you ever did you how did, did you make a lot you made friends obviously you made you know connections um, but did you did you ever still feel lonely like because of the culture no it's I imagine it was different um, I mean obviously you, you guys don't know I I've, I've been in Colombia for a while now so it's definitely a lot different than the U.S. <laughs> especially from from Atlanta there's trees everywhere you got to drive everywhere um, did you um, had to deal with any of that or would you say you had always a good support system where you didn't um there was definitely a good support system but i you know it's always a it takes a little bit of adjusting um like you said especially living uh we live in douglasville which is you know a small city you know 20 about 20 minutes from atlanta so that that takes time to adjust because you know there's no you know the corner store like we call it in colombia that you can (laughs) just walk to um the weather was another big thing. Like I saw snow for the first time, you know, when uh, when we came here in 2014, I think that December snow pretty, pretty bad, but it was good for us because, you know, first time seeing snow. Right. Um, but yeah, it, t- it took a minute to adjust. And also I would say that, you know, I kept close to, you know, what my roots in a sense. Mm. Uh, so like my whole life, my friends had been mostly my cousins and then, you know, a couple of people outside of that circle. Um, but through soccer, so I started playing in high school, I was able to, you know, make some connections and they were really helpful, kind of like adjusting to the U.S. And, you know, just like going out with them would be like a new experience every time. Like I remember mm-hmm. ordering Subway the first time I was like, uh, I don't know how you say this. I would just point at things like, hey, I want this, this, this and this. <laughs> uh, so those things that, you know, sometimes you're scared to do on your own and, to you know, just explore uh, it was good to have the support and the people around me that were kind of like, like, you know, hey, it's okay if you don't know, you know. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Well, what, what kind of characteristic would you say is needed for that? Or, yeah, just was it just you being open? Or like, I'm sure there's people that, 
you know, they're moving to the States now, or maybe even they are from there, but they're, they're just, you know, not as open, or maybe they do feel lonely. Like, what do you recommend? Because obviously, you should, you know, it's more, it would have been easier for you to be lonely than someone that grew up there. But there, are, I know a lot of people that are in the States and feel lonely, feel lost, feel like they don't know what to do in life, you know, so what kind of advice which could you give them, given, you know, your experience in a new country where it was way yeah. easier for you to, could have, that you could have been, could have felt that way? Yeah, um, I would say it's always been honest with yourself. That was like the first big thing for me. Um, like I figured like after a year of being here, I was like, okay, I, I like it here. I see the opportunities, you know, Colombia is going to be always home. But, you know, if you think like long term, you start, you know, making your decisions in your head and you're kind of like, okay, this is what I want. And just, you know, setting, setting that plan that then you need to act upon. So um, I decided that I was going to stay here and I was like, okay, if I want to stay here, what things do I need to do? And I was saying, you know, like, I want to go to college. So what do I need to do? I need to take the SAT. I need to take the ACT. What do I need to do for that? And then, you know, I would just ask people. Um, so it's not only being open, but also not being scared. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine me going to the office at, in high school, you know, asking to get a waiver for the SAT. <laughs> like I said that, and you know, at the time I, I wasn't sure what I was asking for. I was like, a waiver. I don't know what that is, but they told me to say that. Um, so it was a big process and luckily with the English that I had learned in Colombia and I would say I was always, you know, a good kid, at least in school. Mm. Uh, so okay. I did <laughs> decent in both the ACT and the SAT. Um, so I was able to apply to West Georgia and Georgia State and I decided to go to Georgia State. So that's, okay. that's part of the process. Cool. So, um, so actually, you know, this people probably, you guys watching probably don't know but we also me and bernardo work together i met him at this like i mentioned at ds foods which is like a whole this whole distributor a hispanic distributing company in atlanta and um but the funny thing is that uh he wasn't always working in the same department he was working in in warehouse like i believe it was like part-time but you were working probably almost like full-time hours and were you in school at the, at that moment how did i know there's a lot of people that worked in the warehouse and uh, i'm just trying to figure out how did you you know, still, still new to the country and uh, from going to the warehouse and ended up in the accounting department of, of this is Diaz foods. Like, you know, <laughs> how, how, how does that happen? You know, like yeah. zero connections. How did you get in? There? Um, so like even to begin with the job in the first place, I got it through um, a connection. So it was actually my uh, ex mother-in-law. Mm, um, okay. She was always really, um, you know, taking care of me. So she recommended me for the job. But at the time, the only position that they had was uh, night shift at the warehouse. And it was, uh, it was night shift yeah it was night shift so <laughs> was, and that was in 2015 i started january 2015 and this is when you were in college yeah so i was um that was my second semester so that was yeah my second semester of my uh, freshman year and um i mean now thinking back at the time you know it was more just like you know i just have to i just have to do it i wasn't really thinking about what i was doing mm. um but yeah and also um, now that I think back, you know, like I never worked in Colombia. Um, I was lucky enough that my parents, you know, we just had to go to school and that was our job, you know, um, that was all that was required from us besides, you know, helping in the house and stuff. Um, right. But yeah, like coming to the U.S., he was like, okay, I, you know, I need money for gas and I, you know, I want a phone, so I need to pay my phone bill. I need a job. Yeah, to survive. And um, so I just started, you know, like picking jobs here and there. Uh, actually, my first job was at Wingate which I still do some stuff for them now. Wait, wait, um, still, wait, that was your first job? And you're saying that you still do that? 
Yeah, so I started there helping the managers. I was kind of like a assistant um, mm. in the front, you know, just help uh, helping the the customers when they came in and you know getting and, things ready. And what is what is Winget? Winget is a Mexican. It's a Tex Mexican restaurant, and they have oh, okay. wings and American food as well. Got it. Got it. Um, but yes, yeah, so I started there, and I got really close with the owner. She is Mexican. Um, and you know, I was able to kind of like just leverage that to arrange my college schedule. Mm-hmm. And then around that time, I got the night shift job, so I had to you know, two jobs. Yeah, I had to like manage the the schedule a little bit. I had to you know talk to them, and um, so I basically went to school twice a, day, a week only. Uh, I pick all my classes to go Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. That way, I could work you know Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday half day. Um, and that's kind of how I did it for two years almost mm. and then at Diaz Foods uh night shift you know picking the orders and stuff um I remember one of the managers one time took a picture of me because um I'm not that tall I'm like five five <laughs> and Dude. one time I had to make like this huge pallet it was it was probably like seven feet tall I, I don't think it was gonna fit in the truck we had to like cut it down a bit mm-hmm. um and I came through to kind of like just wrap it around with the plastic paper. And he was like, wait, did you do that? I was like, uh, yeah. He was like, how did you get that meat on top? I was like, don't ask me, man. I just <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I did it. And I remember him taking a picture of me next to the pallet because he was so high. It was ridiculous. Like, you wouldn't believe that I actually was able to put that meat up there. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I could have that picture. But yeah, so that was one of the stories in night shift. And I got really close with the managers and... Um, when I started talking about, you know, like I was going to college and sometimes I would have to ask permission to leave early. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would get out like at three or 4 AM to go home, kind of like sleep for like two or three hours and then go to class at 9 AM. Um, and you know, they started like trying to help me. And then there was a opening in the accounting department. And that was when, you know, they were like, Oh, you're going to school for accounting. So, you know, that, that should be good for you. And, you know, it's going to be easier as far as like, you know, schedule, not working night shift. Mm-hmm. Um, was it intimidating at all? Um, at first, yes, because I didn't know, you know, their expectation. Like, I, I mean, you know, when you're talking, you're like, oh, yeah, I go to school for accounting, you know, but it was like my <laughs> second semester. So I like, I have no clue what I was doing yet. Not only and, that, but it was second semester, like, like your first, second job yeah, <laughs> in a new country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's like this big company. I mean, for to be a family owned business is pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going into the accounting department, um, I was lucky enough that we had great coworkers and Dulce, one of them, she was the one that trained me. And, you know, it, she definitely made it easier to kind of like get used to the work and ba- basically learn, you know, my way around the firm. And yes, I was there for a year and a half. Um, and that really, you know, boosted my um my resume when I was out there looking for internships and stuff like that, because I already had, you know, over a year of accounting experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something that recruiters always told me, like, it was good to have. Um, so definitely a, a great learning experience, but like also a great point on, in time in my life. too. So, so was this, this, so when you saw, you saw the opportunity, was it more like, a, Oh, let me get it because uh, it's going to be good for my resume. And we're like, oh, I need to survive. Or was it like a, you know, you just, um, I don't know, something that your parents taught you, like when you have opportunities, you take them, like you, I'm sure you, like, um, you felt it, 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 yeah, fear, it was a but you still. Thing. Yeah, um, I would say definitely it was the night shift. I was trying to run away from it, you know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, getting off work at 4 or 5 a.m. and then having to go to school. Like I remember missing some classes 
Um, and I would have mm. to email the professor like, hey, I work night shift and, you know, today I didn't even hear my alarm, you know, like, sorry, can I make up for this assignment? You know, like, I know it's not an excuse, but, you know, could you please help me? Um, so I noticed that it was starting to affect my um, education. So that's when mm-hmm. I started to tell them more like, hey, you know, like if there's an opportunity. And so when that came up, it was more, you know, like, like, hey, I'm in. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but I'm sure it's better than night shift having to go to school the next day in the morning. So, um, And then on top of that, I mean, at the time, I wasn't really thinking about my resume, but I was thinking more in terms of the connections that I was making, you know, just mm, being... Network. Yeah, so just being in the accounting department, you know, thinking about, I mean, I was going for accounting. Um, it was more about that, you know, like meeting people that were involved in the field that I wanted to be in. And um, sometimes I would actually make up assignments to interview, like the CFO, I would say like, hey, I have this assignment for, <laughs> for a class. I need to interview somebody, you know, that's doing something that I would like to do. And I would just come up with questions because we had a class uh, and we did that. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I thought I was like, hey, why not, you know, say that I still have this assignment and use it to, you know, get to learn more from people. And people were really always really interested in helping, but also in showing what they do. Because, uh, you mm-hmm. know, when people are passionate about what they do, they like to talk about it. So. Okay. Yeah. So, so it seems like you're, <laughs> you're still, would you say that knowing that you're going to do accounting help, has helped you and helped you like take these it was easier to take on these opportunities you're like hey this makes sense or was it just because you were just hungry and just wanted to to keep moving up and per se yeah um i would say it was a little bit of the second part so moving up um because if you think about it like my other jobs at the time i was also working at food depot uh you were working at food depot as well yeah, I was working at Food Depot on the weekends. Um, uh, and Food Depot the- is a, like a grocery store? Yeah, the grocery know. store. So I was helping. In, I was working in the produce department, just putting out, you know, fruit and vegetables and stuff like that. And you just hustled it, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, I had to, you know, my parents were in Colombia. Yeah. And I mean, they would try to help us. But, you know, like sending money from Colombia to here is not a, a great business specifically. Mm. <laughs> um, Lose money. And, yeah. And, you know, we have bills here. And even though my uncle and aunt were honestly taking care of us as far as like food and housing um you know there there was always like books and things that you want to buy and things that Mm. you need and you know it's not like i always wanted like new clothes and stuff but i always like to you know have my own money and not be dependent on somebody so Mm -hmm. um and then um on top of that it was also you know it was like the good time to do it you know not responsibilities really uh my sister she was she's three years younger than me. Um, so it was mm. more just like taking care of her and making sure that she was okay, you know, more like emotionally than financially. Yeah. Uh, it sounds, it, it sounds like you, you, you had to grow up really, really, really fast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of forced to, because, uh, you know, I couldn't show, you know, like I was sad or I was missing my parents or missing Columbia because that's what mm. she was going to see and she was going to, you know, she was sad anyway, but, you know, if she saw that in me, like the person that she was looking up to, it was going to be, harder for her too so. you had to, you had to be a, you had to be that rock yeah, <laughs> did, did you did you have any like um people that motivated you pushed you like maybe like some, some didn't have to be famous but someone that, that you're like oh, i want to be like that you know or you know you um, or, or, or is that why you you finished everything so quick because then after that you know you were an accounting department at ds foods but then you got your bachelor's and then you got your master's ncp and then somehow you ended up with Two inter- you interned at EY twice. Uh, you had uh, and also at PwC. Uh, you know, the two top, um, big, the big four, the two top firms in in America or the the world actually, right? Yeah, so the big yeah. four. 
the big four. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, what, what at that point? Why did you do? How did you do it so fast? Like, and how did you not lose that momentum? Or what kept you going? Is it the same? The same? Did you have like a why, a reason, or is just like um, part of you? And then then you started even doing more like entrepreneurial things later on. Like, so yeah, what what, what was that? that pushed you because i'm there's a lot of people that that want to do these things that you're like oh man like hey how did he get here i've been living in atlanta for you know but i'm still struggling here with my bills or you know i i haven't finished school or i finished school but i still haven't gotten the job i wanted you know like how how can they do the same thing that you did you know like and what if so and what are you doing different you know um yeah so to that i would say kind of like started in colombia um so i had an uncle he was um very like entrepreneurial so he had like multiple uh businesses you know like one was um in construction materials um mm. he was also involved in like uh other businesses throughout the the city um so i always saw that growing up and then as i mentioned before my parents also had their rental property so it was always kind of like part of my life and i think that was always or it still is up to today my end goal uh to be able to you know provide for my family and for myself but mm. not from an employee side of things Got it. um so everything has been in a way kind of means to an end. Um, mm-hmm. And my timeline, you know, everybody's in their own timeline, but I would say, you know, I decided that I wanted to be able to enjoy life, but at the same time accomplishing the things that I want to. Um, so that's what I was always really focusing like in college, like taking my classes and um, not only that, but making sure that I was like building my network uh, with professors, with other uh uh, classmates that you know they have more connections because they were living here in the u.s right. longer um so basically that's kind of like how i started building the network and i would say that's has been really helpful to get me where i am today network which is how how, how important would you say that's over skills Oof. uh i would say like the saying goes it's, it's all about who you know um because <laughs> honestly um even one of the internships not a, not in the big four but another firm that i got it was merely because i knew uh somebody that we had a class together mm-hmm. um and they saw you know how dedicated i was in school and stuff and they kind of let refer me to the um, hr person so. so would you say people skills is a it's a skill that one needs to acquire and it would yeah. help like if someone yeah. watching that you know i want to do this would you say they need a they need a um get their, their people skills up yeah um yeah definitely and it's, it's one of the hardest ones to get because you know it's not like you can take a class on it i'm sure there's <laughs> like theory behind it but mostly it's just putting yourself out there and, and, sure and to add on to that you know, i know i i struggled a lot back in the day i i, I studied uh sociology in, in at kennesaw state and um and I, at that time i i, I knew that it, if I, if I, if I studied that, I needed to, to definitely get my people skills up. So I started reading personal development books, body language books. Uh, and there's one in particular, it's called a uh, how to win friends and influence people. And that book was game changer. It changed my life completely. So I'd recommend that book. Yeah. And, um, to that, um, I would say, you know, after you that is also, you know, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, mm. that's when you get the most, and that's when you're actually learning, um, I remember going to like recruiting events. The first time I went, I didn't even know who the big four accounting firms were. And I was, you know, on the elevator to go to one of the recruiting events. You were already there. And I was already on my way. And because, well, my friend told me, she was like, hey, there's a recruiting event, you should go. But I didn't know, you know, who was going to be there. And mm. that was my fault. You know, I didn't do my, my homework as I should have. Um, luckily, this lady, she just gave me like a quick pitch in the elevator. And then, you know, I just started talking about 
you know, myself, because they asked, started asking questions and I was like, yeah, you know, so I came from Colombia at the time. I would have been here like two years. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I came from Colombia two or three years ago and they would be like, oh, awesome. You know, like, uh, what are you doing? And I was like, hey, I'm a sophomore, you know, studying accounting. And I started meeting recruiters and then, you know, one thing just led to another. And then next thing I knew I had an internship and I was like, I don't know what that means, but okay. And um, the good thing about these firms is, you know, once you get an internship, that's getting your, you know, your foot in the door and it's kind of, you have to do really something bad to, you know, not be offered a full-time position because they really um, care about the professional, not only, you know, the, the employee. So um, they mm-hmm. kind of like take you. So I've been interning for EY since I was a junior in college and now I'm a full-time employee. So they do really walk you through the whole process. Okay. Wow. That, that's, I don't know, your, your story and story amazes me about how, how you did everything so, so quickly. Um, and not only that, but you, you also, don't you, you, you bought a home recently and, um, you also had a, you have some properties in Columbia that you invested in. And, and also you also have like another property in, in, in the, in Atlanta too, right? Aside from the house, how, yeah. were you, <laughs> were you not ever like, uh, would you say that mm, you have a good, uh, that you need to develop your risk uh, tolerance in order to uh, do something like that? Or like, who would it, or how do you think about these things? You know, like, Oh, you know, what? I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. Like, you know, a lot of people are just scared to make moves, but it sounds like you just take action and action. And would you say that just you take action, even though you might not know what happens and you just do it and then just see what happens. Yeah. Um, I would say half and half for some things <laughs> I'm really risk averse. So, you, 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 you know, it's funny how um, when it comes to business, I'm more like open-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, at least the house, um, it was a, a deal that I was able to work out with my cousin. So it was his house. And um, he was in the process of moving because of mm. his uh, personal relationship and stuff. And, you know, uh, it was a great deal. I was actually to give him some uh, down payment money to him, basically and just take over the mortgage. And with prices nowadays, you know, like I save over $30,000 by buying it from him instead of, you know, getting it from the actual market. So that was, that was a great yeah. process. And, and also to add on to that, not only did they get the house, but like the way that he hustled to, to do it, like he, you know, I remember that you, you reached out to me, hey, I need some money for the down payment. You know, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of people, when these opportunities come up, they just don't take them because they're like, oh, I don't have money. but you were barely uh, finishing college and starting, you know, to work. So it wasn't like you had like a whole bunch of cash, you know? So um, would you say uh, that, like, what, how, that I feel like, is that more like an entrepreneurial thing that you just, you know, let me just get all this money and ask my family, my friends and, and yeah. everyone like that's, uh, that takes, takes, it takes something out of you. I mean, it takes something a lot out of you to do that, you know, to put yourself out there like that. Yeah. So um, I actually, like you said, I started asking, you know, my close friends, uh, I asked the restaurant owner, the one that I said I was close to, mm. I asked her for some money. Um, my ex-mother-in-law, the same one that got me the job, uh, okay. we were always pretty close, even you know after the relationship with her daughter. Um, she actually lent me $1,000. Um, so that's kind of like how I put that's the money good, together. That's a good ex-mother-in-law to keep her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was always, like I said, you know, the connection, you know, even, even before I, I reach out to her for the money, I would reach out, you know, generally, you know, like, Hey, how's everything going? How's you know, right. work going? How's life and everything. Um, so when it came time to ask, you know, I feel like that's why people sometimes don't do it because they feel like 
I haven't talked to this person in a year, mm. you know, and now I'm going to reach out to them, asking them for something. Um, so that's what I would say, even though it might take time, you always want to keep, keep, you know, keep up with people mm-hmm. and not only thinking that, you know, one day, one day you're going to need them, which, you know, is totally fine. I mean, we all need help at some point. Right. Um, but also because, you know, it's, it's, it's good to keep those people around you, especially the ones that are always looking up for you and the, one that, the ones that care about you and your life. Um, so definitely would say, you know, keep, keeping in touch with, with those um, individuals that are always ready to, you know, jump in whenever you, you need them. So. Cool. And, and what, what would you say that separates you from, let's say, another person that, that's either been in the States forever, you know, and seems to, you know, still haven't really figured it out, you know, or struggling to get there, or maybe another, another immigrant that, that migrated to the States and, but hasn't been able to, you know, finish school or go to school, you know, like what's the, what would you say is the, the biggest difference? Is it, is it because they don't have the resources? Is it because they just, you know, they, they just, they just can't or what is it? Um, why can't, why can't you? I would say a lot has to do with the mindset. Um, personally, mm-hmm. I've always tried to, you know, put my mind to something and, um, just break it down into steps kind of like, right. okay, like if, as I mentioned before, you know, like if I want to do this, what other things do I need to get before I can get to that point? Um, and I have applied that to, you know, everything in my life, college, you know, like if I want to go to Georgia state, I need S, Y, and Z. If I want to get my master's, I need to, you know, do this, this, and that. If I want to get my CPA, I need to study. And, you know, it was like sacrificing the flexibility of traveling around and working for <laughs> whatever you want to, you know, settle down so I could have a better studying schedule until I got my CPA. Um, so there is a lot in the mindset, but also, you know, just having the, um, the power and the courage to, you know, sacrifice things whenever you have to, to accomplish those goals that you have. Um, and it's understanding what you want to do, um, mm. in, you know, in the long run, but also like in the short term. Um, Cause if you don't have clear goals, that's when people kind of like get stuck and, you know, I'm not perfect. Like I've been there, you know, sometimes, especially now after the CPA, it's kind of like, I have all this free time or <laughs> I feel like I have a lot of free time, you know, after right. studying for the CPA. So it's kind of like, okay, what do I do now? You know? So I'm, I'm trying to pick up my entrepreneurial side, which mm. kind of like excites me. Um, so that's what I've been doing these past days and, you know, always trying to do something to keep me motivated. Cause that's, you know, what life is all about. So, so, so you're you're doing some entrepreneur things. Um, obviously, uh, you well, people don't know, but you when work you also work. You know, been working in the private equity space a bit, and um, so learning how that works. And um, but you're also working on like uh, or, or the organization that you started. Um, but what's your goal with um, with these things? Or are you just like just trying different things, and then you know seeing which one you like most, and then sticking with that later? You know, what, what is what is your your end goal with that? Yeah, um, so Arena Latina was more uh, like a project. So it was actually one of my classes in college, you know, when they mm-hmm. make you kind of like think about a project, something that you would really like to do. And I took it really serious. So I actually went through the whole process. And, you know, after I even finished the class, I mean, I got a good grade in the class. Mm-hmm. But I stayed in touch with the professor and I was like, hey, you know, we did this project and, you know, I really want to, you know, take it up, you know, take it on and kind of like just go through with it. And that's when I decided that um, I was going to go through and I actually applied for like the LLC. So I registered the, for the company and everything. And at the time, it was kind of like vague what I wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of like following Tom's uh, concept. 
So I wanted to be uh, a business, but also wanted to have a really huge uh, social piece of it. And you say you say you said Tom, right? Can you? Tom's, can you explain, yeah. So yeah, like the, the shoe company that uh, started uh, okay. donating shoes for every shoe that you bought. Ah, Tom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, and then uh, so that's kind of like the idea behind Arena Latina, especially focusing on kids. Mm. Uh, and growing up in Colombia, you know, even though uh, I was lucky enough that my parents had, you know, good jobs and we, you know, we weren't rich, but we had, you know, we had food on our table, thankfully. Um, but I saw a lot of people that did not have those opportunities. So I, I want to make it about helping people, but also, you know, promoting other people that can do the same mm-hmm. uh, to get them started on their own journey. So um like you mentioned, this December, we actually have a toy and a school supply donation. And that was just um, something that I decided to take on this year. Uh, in the summer, I actually started on my job at EY. I just mm-hmm. sent out a, an email to my close uh, colleagues um, telling them that I wanted to do this toy donation, that you know, if, um, it was going to be in Colombia for kids from small towns. And I actually got a lot of support. I was able to collect about $700 from, um, you know, not only coworkers, but, you know, family members and friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then with that money, you know, we just bought school supplies and toys that we're going to be delivering. Um, and, uh, I was able to, you know, plan it with friends and family in Colombia. So I was kind of like the heads of the operation here, but, you know, the people actually <laughs> doing the work, um, yeah, where my friends and my aunts in Colombia, you know, like, uh, going to the houses looking for, you know, kids that actually need mm-hmm. these school supplies. And, you know, I told you to kind of like bring them um, some light to their life and see that, you know, there are options out there. And the mm-hmm. other piece that I want to add to it, hopefully next year, I'm working on getting scholarships mm-hmm. um, for college in Colombia. Okay. And thankfully with the exchange right now being so good, um, it wouldn't take that much. So we're in the process of figuring out how we can do it for people to kind of like sponsor a kid in Colombia. Got it. Um, so that's what we're working on now. Okay. And then uh, if people want to learn more about that or you know, maybe want to help or, or, you know, donate some to kids in need, where, where can they find that? Yeah. Uh, so I would say you can reach me at Bernardo M 25 on Instagram or Bernardo Mendoza on Facebook and just reach out to me. Uh, we have a, Arena Latina profile on Instagram, but it's, uh, it's been kind of slow now because we have been so focused on the donation that mm-hmm. uh, we have been trying to uh, do that. Okay. So with all that said, for everyone that's listening and, you know, has been you know, enjoying the story, what, what, what would you say to them? What is the best piece of advice that you can give them? You could just say it in one sentence. If you could sum up all that you've learned in 23 years and becoming an accountant, passing CPA, going to a new country, uh, learning English, you know, starting uh, new ventures, investing in properties. What would you, what would you, what would you say to those? So we have people that are younger than you, you know, that can probably learn a lot. Or, and I'm sure there's even older people that can definitely learn from what you've experienced so far. So if you can sum it up in one, you know, word or a sentence, however you like, you know, what would that be? Uh, I would say find your goal and find what is it that you really like doing. Um, some people call it passion. So you find whatever you're passionate about and uh, just work towards that goal and break it down into pieces that you can actually work, you know, one step at a time so that you don't feel over- overwhelmed because I feel like that's what stops people a lot of times. They just think about, you know, all the things that they need to do and they don't get to it because they think it's too much. 
or that they just can't do it. But when you break it down, you know, you're able to take you know, small steps and that's how you get places. Do you know what your passion is? Uh, yes. So I have been, you know, in the search for it lately and I figured that is merging business, which, you know, all about business um, with helping. So that's what um, this organization that I'm working on, that's what is is becoming, you know. Um, so we're you know, just trying to finalize that and mm. you know, okay. bringing it to life. All right, cool. So as to the the last the last two questions, um, the first one, I'm going to start with the first one. So what is something, what is most, one of the most difficult things that you've had to overcome and, um, and what is your legacy that you want to leave? Uh, most difficult thing, definitely moving to the U S especially <laughs> without my parents and, uh, um, not only the language, but you know, the cultural shock was, <laughs> was huge. Um, and legacy, I just want to be known for being a go-getter and mm. making sure that, you know, what, whatever it is that I wanted to do, I was able to, to at least try it, you know, because, you know, it's not honest to say that I succeeded in everything that I've tried because even with the CPA, I failed a test and I had to retake it. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely, you know, trial and error, but at least trying it. I feel like that's the biggest part. Um, and that's what, you know, I want to be known for, um, that whatever I decided to take on, that I was always at least, you know, um, courage enough to take it, uh, first try at it and see where it took me from there. And I honestly, I think that's, that's, that's really the, everyone, I feel like a lot of people want like some magic, um, magic advice, but it's no, there's no magic to it. It's just really right mindset, action, and some passion, maybe some excitement and doing it over, over and over again, failing and, and starting again. Yep. Well, Ron, thanks for, ha- for being on the show and um, it was great again. Well, Gary, this is your story and um, hopefully when you, um, you know, become millionaire status, we'll have another episode on happy on the show. All right, thank you for having me. Have a good one. <laughs> you too, man.